0: Love, TALK RADIO
1: Absolute power corrupts Absolutely
0: Go. 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 Nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to that witching hour. Yeah, it's me, it's me, it's JT. And if you're listening to me, you know what time it is. It's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's the master plan. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I say that again, it's 347-637-3220 is the place to be. If you want to talk to JT and you know quite naturally, that would be me. We're talking quarterbacks today. Fantasy football is right around the corner. People are drafting, and and, and tell you the truth, before we get into the quarterbacks, let me just say this, a few things. For all you fantasy football players out there, for all you guys that love fantasy football, I'm going to give you one piece of advice. One piece of advice, if nothing else, listen to this piece of advice. You shouldn't be drafting your teams when there's only been one preseason game played. I'll say that again. You shouldn't be drafting your teams When there's only one preseason game to be played, that's played already. The reason is quite simple. As you've seen in practice already, before any preseason games, players have gone down. Whether Whether they're players that are players that you're going to use in fantasy, Skill players I'm talking about quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, or linemen, whether it's defense or offensive linemen. That it, that'll impact how you draft really. So why would you be drafting now when you may get a player like say, Ryan Tannehill. Now I'm not saying you're going to draft them, but just a, just a player like Ryan Tannehill or, or Joe Flacco for that mean that it, or, or, or Andrew Luck for that mean that you don't know what's going to happen when the season starts, and you're drafting him, putting him on on your team. Now, quite naturally, you can dra- you can drop him, but just think if you waited, your draft strategy would change because now if you waited until uh, uh, deep into August, say like the third game preseason game, because most starters won't start. On the fourth preseason game, so if you wait until after the third preseason game, you have a better perspective and, and better uh, uh, um, window to look out of to see um, how what's what's the best way and what's the best strategy for you to draft. So it makes, in, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion. I know you you hear on on these other stations. That they've been drafting they 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 got five or six or whatever amount of drafts already on my fellow uh uh um host uh drafting now no way i don't have a draft before august twenty sixth august twenty sixth i have a plethora of drafts or after that i'm not drafting uh halfway through the um, preseason, no way, because all it takes is one split second of someone you drafted high, first, second, third round, to go down, and now you have to scramble because if you had waited, you would have better choices. So, my my. Pet peeve is this. Why draft early? Just just to satisfy uh, uh, an itch? Just to scratch an itch? Just because saying, oh, I drafted uh, my fantasy football team. This is what it is. When in a split second, whoever you drafted first in the first round or the second round or one of the main cogs of your team that you drafted could go down in one of these preseason games Or in practice True it can go down practice during the season But at least It's during the season It's not preseason And you draft it when you could have waited My pet peeve That's my one of my pet peeves Why would you do that It makes no sense To do that That's just a, one of my peeves That I have that uh, I don't believe You should do Wait one. Now, I listened to all the Hall of Fame speeches. Majority of them. Haven't gotten to, because I didn't get a chance to, to, to sit and watch all of them. Hadn't gotten to Kurt Warner's speech, who was the last speech. And I thought... For the most part these speeches were eye opening, prizing at times, not thinking guys would, would step up and say things, not thinking uh not knowing um certain things about guys and that's always what happens when you see the hall of fame that they get inducted year after year and their journeys from uh childhood to hall of fame uh And how they got there, all different, all different uh, uh, roads uh, that uh, lead to to the um, Hall of Fame. And um, that's what it's all about. There's no formula other than hard work and determination to get to the Hall, Hall of Fame. All right, as promised, as promised, I said I was going to do a quarterback ranking, 25 on up, and add some sleepers in there. And if you have opinion, you know the number to call. And please do. Right off the bat, we're going to be talking quarterbacks. And, um, hold on, hold on a minute. I'm just get myself self together. I should have been together already, but then hold on. Um, uh, let me do this. I think this is it. Now, like I said, we want to do uh quarterbacks and that's what we're going to do today. And uh t- next week we're going to be working on um wide receivers and um and um the week after that, we'll be working on uh um tight ends, and to round it off, we're gonna be talking about running backs but but first let's let's do this, okay. Let's do this. And uh, after this, we'll be right back. Got to um, do this. We'll be right back in a couple. Thursday night is the right time to kick back and listen to the FSP crew show as they break down the weekend sports and prepare you for Thursday night football. 8 p.m. Eastern, just before the game starts. Jerry the Master Taylor hosts the show with Jeff the Joker Goldberg and Mike the Bookie Monster Wright the three gentlemen debate and discuss a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything on the FSP Crew Show every Thursday night on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7,
0: 365, and listen to other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety.
1: If you want to add a little spice to your talk radio, try No Chaser with Mac Williams and Jim. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics Show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FSP himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry, the master Taylor, will go over the weekend sports prep you for your upcoming fantasy games and spark a debate politicians would love to hear that's the fsp show every saturday at 1 p.m on blog talk forward slash v i c h b k. you can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24 7 365
0: for other informative programs as well information motivation variety
1: All right, people. I am back. And like I said, we're going to be talking about quarterbacks, and uh, um, this is probably the most stable position barring injury that um that we're going to be talking about. Sim- the simple reason is this is that um, the quarterback position in fantasy football is pretty much set in stone uh, unlike the other positions. Um, There's more fluctuation in, in my opinion, uh, in the other positions uh, versus the quarterback position where we have, for the most part, uh, guys that are set in stone and uh, usually won't change too much from year to year so how do we get here how do we talk about the quarterback position and why is this so important well the quarterback position for the most part scores the most points all right uh of any position unless you're one or two guys um in the uh, in fantasy, and I'm talking about wide receivers or, or, or um, running backs, but the for the most part, the quarterback position scores the most points. And I've always advocated, especially as I get more experience, in it, more and more experienced in fantasy football. Um, Where do you draft The quarterback Do you draft the quarterback in the uh, um, First round Some people do Do you draft him in the second, third, or fourth round Some people do My philosophy And I've always carried this out And it's been held true I've always uh, made the playoffs So I think I have an extremely good idea of and and philosophy on what it takes to build a winning team, a a perennial playoff team, and that's what you're looking for, is a perennial playoff team, a team that um, is going to – Is going to be in contention year in and year out. And that's what you want. Uh, because if you don't have to draft a quarterback in the first few rounds, that gives you an opportunity to draft someone Like a running back or or quarterback. I mean, a running back or a wide receiver that would benefit more for your team, and uh, uh, you can wait in the later rounds for a quarterback because outside the elite quarterbacks, you're going to get a lot of points from a quarterback, and you're going to benefit from getting a lot of points from a quarterback. So, you build up all your other teams because the quarterback's one player. One player. And usually on fantasy football teams, you have two running backs, two wide receivers, maybe three wide receivers, or you have a bunch of flexes, two or three flexes, or one, two, or three flexes, depending on your makeup of your team. And you have one tight end, quite naturally. So, even though the quarterback is key, but he's not the big, bigger key versus the other players that you need to load up on. To gather those big fantasy points earlier in the rounds in order for you to build a solid team. When you could pick up a quarterback that may be not as dynamic as an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees or maybe a Tom Brady, but you could pick up a quarterback like Philip Rivers late, Ben Roethlisberger in the middle rounds. Matthew Stafford late. uh, Players like that. They're all about the same. um, Maybe not that much of a difference, but what they lack in not being Aaron Rodgers or a um, Drew Brees or someone like that, your other players pick up the slack. Gives you a more balanced team. Gives you more Believe it or not, firepower it benefit, Benefits you that much more Gives you more of a chance To compete Week in and week out And not have a glaring Weakness A absolutely big glaring Weakness That is going to hurt Your team from week to week Now true You may be weaker at the quarterback Position than someone who picks an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees But That person Because they picked Aaron Rodgers Or Drew Brees Didn't pick a wide receiver Or running back That would be And I'm trying to say this in the right way That would be more effective Week to week Because you have a a stronger running back than that person Even though have they have a stronger quarterback You have a stronger running back Than that person or running backs Or core running backs Than that person that Decided to go Whatever round, early round To pick up a High quarterback Your team is more well rounded You're not depending on that position To carry you you have the wealth of uh, um, of points spread throughout your team. You're not depending on one player as a quarterback to 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 come through week in and week out. Inevitably, I know it's a big quarterback. Inevitably, 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 quarterbacks will have bad weeks or two or three weeks. And if you're depending big time on that quarterback. Because you're weaker at other positions Rather than have a quarterback that's serviceable Very serviceable quarterback If you picked up in the later rounds And have a strong team that's point-wise Is spread throughout your team With your running backs and wide receivers You're going The one with the big-time quarterback is going to suffer It's going to depend on that quarterback if that quarterback doesn't come through week to week Then you're you're done versus a guy that has running backs and wide receivers that are going to give you good points. You're not depending on one particular position. You have a p- positions that are carry your team, not a position. When you pick a quarterback early, and I know I'm going to be maybe carrying this too far, but I'm trying to emphasize the point here. When you – Emphasize grabbing a quarterback early You're jeopardizing the rest of your team Ability to to win week to week So let's get to the quarterbacks Let's start at number 25 At number 25 And I tell you one, I'm going to surprise somebody. I'm going to surprise you, and I'm going to definitely surprise you um, with when we get to the end of this, you're going to say, hey, you left him out. There's going to be a reason why I left him out. And when I get to, to number one, I'm going to give you the reason why I left this one quarterback out. And I've been talking about it, if you've been paying attention, talking about it over the last few weeks. on on various shows, whether it be the FSP crew show, whether it be on the FSP show, and even on my show, the master plan. Number 26 comes with a risk because he's dealing with a uh, first round, first pick in the draft. I'm talking about Mike Glennon. Just when you think you've made it, Mike Glennon signed a three-year deal for $45 million and a chance become a full-time starter what happens the bears picked mitchell trubisky with their number one pick now to me he's a risk but i think he'll be the starter at one point i think he gives way to trubisky later in the season and, and and i think uh for this year unfortunately i think uh, mr glennon is a placeholder um he's, he's played he played 13 games as a rookie but he's only played eight or more years, eight or more over the last three years. Now he's a vet because he's been in the league three, uh, four years at least. Eight. And uh, but he's he's at risk to draft. You know, I'm I'm just saying. You got two quarterback leagues. If it's a ten team league, that's twenty quarterbacks. Team league that's twenty four quarterbacks. That's just twenty four quarterbacks. That on your starting roster, that's not even in reserve. If it's a if 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 it's a two quarterback league. if it's a one quarterback lead, you're going to need a quarterback for the bye week, to, regardless of who it is. Or or some people draft their backup quarterback. Mike Clinton is a risk. Don't know how he's going to be. The Bears do have a soft schedule. And I think he's just a guy for this year. You know, um, I mean, he got he got signed to the Bears. The Draft comes. And like I said, they signed Mitchell Trubisky with the number one pick. They moved up. Gave up picks. They moved up. To get Mitchell Trubisky, doesn't have not a good feeling in Mike uh, Mike Glennon's, um stomach when that happened. Not a good feeling. No, he's only a, a, a placeholder, knowing that it could be at any time during the year. If he does, if the team doesn't win, doesn't get a lot of wins, he's going to be sitting on the bench and mentoring Mitchell Trubisky. Not a good feeling. Because they, they're they going to want to see what they have in that number one pick. I guarantee they're going to see, want to see what they have in that number one pick at some point. If the numbers don't come out, they're going to be looking to get Mitchell Trubisky in the mix. Let's move on to number 25, I mean 24, and that would be, bear with me here, Jared Goff. Jared Goff gets a much-needed do-over from his rookie rookie season now. I've never been a big Jeff Fisher fan. I thought he was overrated. Obviously, um, owners kept Jeff Fisher around. Seven and nine king. That's what he was, seven and nine king. His offenses were too predictable, way too predictable, uh, and it hurt uh, the, uh, not that they were stellar, but it hurt the uh, wide receiving core. Even though Kenny Britton got 1,000 yards last year uh, with a combination of um, two quarterbacks in, in, in L.A. with Jared Goff finishing the season off. Um, he only produced 1,000 yards and five scores uh, and seven interceptions. Um, but, like I said, the offense was too predictable and it was a... Very bland offense, um, and uh, it was the first move to L.A. and uh, uh, Sean McVay, who's a extremely young coach, extremely young coach, but an innovative coach, and and it, it promises to bring a uh, entirely new and fresh scheme to the Rams, and looks like uh, Jared Goff has responded well to the installation. Sean McVay is somewhat of a I wouldn't say he's a quarterback whisperer But he works well with young quarterbacks And quite naturally there's a lot to do In training camp And plenty of new personnel To integrate uh, Jared Goff is risky Even as a fantasy backup But it's worth To, to look at It's worth to look at um, because the fact is It's preseason And things can happen That um, That can um, Change change people's opinions Of how Garrett, Jared Goff He was um, And he could be a serviceable quarterback That's why I have him on the radar um, you know that they're going to feature Todd Gurley. And early reports out of camp is Todd Gurley is going to get a bit more involved in the passing game. Um, they're going to try to get the ball out of Jai golf's hands, as quick as possible, short passing game. Um, that means going through into the tight end, throwing to the uh, uh, um, running back or running backs. And short pass it to the wide receivers. Now, quite naturally going to take shots down the field. But for the most part, young quarterback, best friend is the tight end and the running game. And a strong defense. So, But I'm having Jared Goff. He's number 24 on my list. Um, and that's how I, I see it. Now, he doesn't have too much competition. And they're counting on seeing that he was the number one pick, counting on him to be that guy, that franchise. They got a lot of invested in him. So let's move on to number twenty-four versus a guy that's second year in the league to a guy that's got the, uh, a decade in the league at least and more, and who's been with the Chiefs just going into his fifth season. And could be his last in this season. So the twenty fifth pick I had had a vet with a rookie getting drafted. And the twenty third pick had the vet with a rookie that got drafted. I'm talking about Alex Smith. He's my number twenty third third. They move up in the draft to grab Patrick Mahomes with their tenth pick. We're talking about the Chiefs as the quarterback of the future. And that almost certainly starts more than likely because word out of the um, Chiefs training camp is that Patrick Mahomes is picking up the offense pretty well. And it looks like he's going to sit and observe how to be an NFL quarterback behind Alex Smith. He's got a gun for an arm. So he's the type of quarterback that will stretch the field versus Alex Smith, who who is very conservative and doesn't have the arm strength as Patrick Mahomes. The so Andy, Andy Reid is looking for a quarterback that can do both throw it short and throw it long when necessary accurately. And that's why he drafted Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and quite naturally, Smith has, has uh, never been more than a marginal fantasy backup. He's never ranked better than number 16 in any year. And uh, Smith should be safe from Mahomes stepping in this year, barring injury. And he's always barring injury. But even without a rushing game last year, he only threw for 15 touchdowns and 3,500 yards. And that's Alex Smith. That's Alex Smith in a, in a nutshell. Um, he's not going to throw you, give you too many turnovers, but he's not going to give you too many big splash plays either. Because the fact is, um, I don't know if from his, uh, um, college days or from his San Francisco days and not wanting to make a uh, uh, huge mistakes and have safety in a, uh, uh, his job, but he doesn't take a lot of chances. Hence, he doesn't have a lot of turnovers. Um, hence he doesn't have a really big arm and he's not a really big, a- accurate deep ball thrower. So, um, he, he's good in uh, short to intermediate throws and that's his forte. And Andy Reed caters to that. Patrick Mahomes is the future and Andy Reid needs to get, um, to be able to stretch the field with a quarterback that can throw the ball down the field. Um, so Mahomes sits for today. I mean, this year and, um, uh, and, and, and until next year, more than likely, uh, when he takes over and they uh, uh, say bye-bye to Alex Smith. I'm going to bring in my esteemed co-host from the FSP Cruise Show on Thursday night. Uh, I always tell him he's a brother from another mother. What's up, Jeff? How you doing?
0: Hey, Jerry. Uh, I'm on the road. I'm, I don't know how long I could talk. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it's uh, these drafts are getting close. I mean, some have already happened, but I don't like drafts that are too soon. Uh you know, I mean, the thing is, they're too soon for all parties, but just, you know, to me, you know, you got to have training camp and probably at least a couple of preseason games, yep. uh, you, you know, because just there's too many injuries and other things. Uh, but I'll tell you, um, you know, I watched uh, the uh, Hall of Fame induction yesterday, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, somebody was saying it's was a great class. Might not be the best class, but. One of, the, one of the things with the Hall of Fame, every class is great because mm-hmm. it keeps the mm-hmm. bar high. I mm-hmm. mean, I would love to see Phil Sims in the Hall of Fame. I'd love to see Otis Sanderson in the Hall of Fame. But you know what? Better too few guys than too many. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that this group, which is better than some people seem to imply, I mean, okay, maybe Jason Taylor. Any relation? <laughs> that's a common name. Maybe. He doesn't stack up against other first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. He's still in here at that point. Um, uh, But, uh, I, you know, during some of the shows ahead of time, I saw a picture I'd never seen before of uh, Martin Anderson and the late Craig Hayward at the Pro Bowl together because they had been uh, teammates with the Saints. And then I went crazy trying to find that photo online, which I guess it must be uh, a rare photo or something, because uh, you know I uh, I once met uh, Craig Hayward. Uh, I think it was uh, he was still in high school. I mean he was still in high school, but he was already a local celebrity, and uh, that was it was a big deal. And uh, you know his son now plays uh, defensive line for the Steelers, uh, Cameron and i'll tell you i uh, i wish mike Tomlin one game i don't think he's done it would put in uh cameron uh at running back a full back or maybe even half back i, I think that would be great uh in uh in memory of uh the, the late great uh, ironhead Hayward. okay but uh, listen yeah, yeah, yeah. um oh, excuse me I, i'm on the road i got to run
1: no no problem
0: sorry bro take care bye take bye yeah
1: Anyway, um, okay. Anyway, let's move move to 22. Um, In my uh, list here, let's move to 22. This guy uh, improved greatly uh, and turned in the career best year when he passed with over 3,800 yards and 20 touchdowns um, after uh, Teddy Bridgewater went down. And uh, the... Vikings were desperate for a a quarterback. And then he had a lack he didn't have a, rush, a rushing offense um which forced him to to throw and and uh he had over 414 excuse me 414 completions which ranked fourth in the league last year. Um quite naturally if they get a running game that's sure to decrease it um and the same receivers returned from 2016 so He's got the same ones, Adam Thien, uh, Treadwell, um, Diggs, uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph as the tight end. So what's even better is that the offensive line should be improved. And the Vikings get the lightest strength of schedule for passing in the league after ranking number 14th, which is the hardest, one of the hardest last year. Uh, I'm talking about Sam Bradford. Now, he probably had his ceiling since the defense keeps the need to score down, and upgrading the rushing offense will pay dividends, but it will make a solid fantasy backup that could fill in as a starter if needed, if, if one of your quarterbacks get hurt. Um, and it happens, just like any other position. Sam Bradford is not a bad filling. Got one of the weakest, like I said, one of the weakest – passing schedules in the league. Quite naturally that's going off of strength of schedule from last year. But not a lot of defenses and I and I have to say that not a lot of defenses um changed drastically from year to year. You know, some do, some don't. But not a lot of defense has changed drastically from year to year. Depending on what team it is, what defensive coordinator is out and what defensive coordinator is in. Change going from a three four to four three or four three to a three four. Um, that tr- transition takes a while to do it and uh, depending on the personnel and the scheme, makes a difference in defense. But from overall Sam Bradford at number 22. He's not a starter. Um probably a I don't say probably he's a backup. Um but a very good backup in a bye week. You can't go wrong with a a a quarterback that Let me put it this way. Sam Bradford's got the mindset of number 23. To make safe throws um, And not turn the ball over A a whole lot But He's got the arm strength Unlike Alex Smith To get the ball downfield Accurately That's a big difference So he can make all the throws Short, intermediate And long That's Sam Bradford He can make all the throws And he'll 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 put it out there, but he's not a big turnover guy. Let's move on to number twenty two i mean twenty one now some people talk about this guy uh I still like this guy he's one and i still say and I, to this day when healthy, he's one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. And I love the offense that he's in it and and the, the 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 people that he the uh, players that he throws to. I'm talking about now and I premised it, when he's healthy. Talking about Carson Palmer. Thirty eight years old. Um Two years ago, or two years, two seasons ago, turned in a career best year with 4,600 yards and 35 touchdowns. But he went down to forty went down 300, 300 yards, 4,200. 4, but and, but he only had 26 touchdowns. But like I said, he's 38 years old. He's had two knee injuries, same knee, and his receiving core. I like it, but it's not like it was last year. Is less attractive. He um, still has Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Michael Floyd's gone. Got John John Brown. He's got a new kid uh, and um, uh, uh, and uh, the rookie. And he's also got J.J. Nelson and along with his tight ends. Now, I still say he's got a ton of upside. I don't say ton. Let me let me premise it. He doesn't have a ton of some upside, but he does have upside, and I think he'll bounce back from a a, a, a pretty dismal year that Bruce Arian, Arian Cardinals had, a lot of injuries, uh, and a lot of bad luck, and a lot of times not finishing in the fourth quarter. I think that's that'll change, but the risk is Carson Palmer has to stay healthy, and that offensive line has to. Con- Has to protect Carson Palmer in order for him to be effective. Not a great scrambler. Everybody knows that. Strictly a pocket passer. Strictly a pocket passer. And he has to have a somewhat clean pocket. But I still like Carson Palmer. But he's my number twenty-one. Here now, number twenty. Can have a ton of upside. He's got some new toys to play with. Um, Another year into the league. Uh, There's high expectations for this team and high expectations for this uh, quarterback. Played well early, tailed off late. He has to be more consistent. And, and, uh, um, we'll see in, in, in another year under his belt if he can do that. I'm talking about Carson Wentz. He's got a lot of upside here. Uh he jumped into the fire uh as a rookie and he had a decent year. 3700 yards, almost 3800 yards, 15 touchdowns and eh, uh with a, a 607 pass attempts. Now get that. 607 Pass attempts were second all time for a rookie. Sam Bradford, who had no running game, who had a very bad running game, through four, had 414 completions. Carson Wentz had 607 passing attempts. And he was playing with a not a not so good, I'll put it that way, a marginal set of uh of receivers and they had a first time first season head coach. Now you you're expecting the quarterback <clears throat> went to see some progression each year as both he and the offense enter their second season of experience. The Eagles also upgraded their offense with Legarrett Blount. Like I said, and I told you they re- improved their receivers, Alshon Jeffrey, and Torrey Smith. Now I'm not never been a big Torrey Smith fan, and Alshon Jeffrey is on a one-year contract, a contract because he's injury, in my opinion, waiting to happen. Now they have one of the worst schedules. One of the toughest schedules in the league. There's a strong chance that he may or may not crack into the quarterback one range, but he should be a solid backup. QB2. He he threw for four, three, uh, excuse me, he threw for four, 300 games last year. Expecting to improve on that, Doug Peterson comes from the Andy Reid um, tree. That's where he weathered with Kansas City. West Coast offense, give the ball to the running back any way you can. Take short throws with the uh, tight end. <clears throat> Take shots down the field when necessary. But for the most part, West Coast offense, short passing game with the tight end, uh, uh, wide receivers, and the uh, running backs. Could be a quarterback one, solid quarterback two. Let's go to number 20. <clears throat> and I have to uh, – I'll keep him at 20 for now because uh, it says – that they say it's minor and that he'll be able to come back. Hopefully it's not uh, something that lingers throughout the season. I'm talking about Joe Flacco. The Ravens went to offensive quarter, offensive coordinator Marty Morningway in week five last year. And uh, Joe Flacco ended with a career best 4,300 yards, but only 20 touchdowns. Quite natural, he'll be in the second year under Martin Morningway. On a team that lost Steve Smith and Darius Pitta and um, Crockett Gilmore, um, he's another tight end that got issues and, and, and looks like he may not even play this year. And they also lost a they lost an offensive lineman. I'm not sure about that. But the Ravens signed Danny Woodhead and Jeremy Macklin, who should cover the loss of, if not more. Now, that's a good pickup. I'm I'm looking, and, and you'll see it next week. Uh, um, very hard at Jeremy Macklin on what he's going to offer uh, and produce in, in, in Baltimore with Joe Flacco. The passing game should not become a bit deeper as well with the intention to use more three-wide sets instead of two tight end sets. Flacco has a great passing schedule, but he had about the same last year. He's never worth more than a fantasy backup. I'm not a big Joe Flacco fan, but a solid enough for spot duty. Uh, As I talked earlier, people who know fantasy, Flacco injured a disc in his back. um, And it's depending on when he's going to return uh, or how he's going to return or different reports out there. But if you take what the Ravens say, um, Flacco, Paco, Flacco will only need a week or two of rest, and, and that won't be an issue. But it's something that needs to be followed in training camp. So we'll wait and see how how things happen with Joe Flacco. We'll wait and see if if Joe Flacco um, is uh, a a longer-term injury or is going to bounce back from this. Let's move on to number num- number um, eighteen. Blacko was number nineteen. And my next guy, <clears throat> more dynamic guy. Um, even though things haven't been sounding well out of coming out out of uh, Buffalo camp, let's go to Tyrod Taylor. He's only been um, mediocre at the pass for the last two seasons with never more than 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. The, the, uh, the Bills ranked number 32 in pass attempts and completions last year. <clears throat> but this is yet another offense in town with a turnover in coaches. Right naturally, uh, uh, um, the new, new head coach, and um, offensive coordinator Rick Denson is, is the new offensive coordinator, having last directed in the Broncos offense. Um, he's, he's, he's definitely going to be the starter. And But Taylor, quite naturally, if he's down at 18, is best as a backup fantasy type that um, does, does give a dual threat. He ran the ball for 580 yards and six touchdowns last year. Like I said, this is a new offense. The Bills have almost entirely made over their wide receiver core. Taylor is more likely to regress to them improve as a passer, but he's still 18. He's still 18. So I'm going to take a short break. I'll be right back. All right, people, I'm back. Let's move on to number – we just did 18. Let's move on to number 17. And uh, um, I'm looking for this guy to bounce back. I'm not a really huge fan of this this guy because he's got limitations. But I think uh, because of circumstances that happened last year, he got hurt. Um, and he's got to stay healthy. Uh, he's got to stay healthy in order for this team to thrive, even though they do have a um, ample backup. Um, he's got to stay healthy. Andy Dalton fell to a career-low 18 passing touchdowns last year, though he had four rushing touchdowns. Now, like I said, the Bengals were racked with injuries in t- 2016. And it was the first time that Ken Zambezi was the offensive coordinator. Now, they supposedly it ran the same offense that they had when Hugh Jackson the year before was there. But, um, like I said, they were racked with uh, um, injuries in 2016. Now, they reloaded the, the uh, offense with a couple of rookies with uh, running back Joe Mixon and wide receiver John Ross to try to replace uh Sanu and, and uh Marvin Jones um because they didn't have them, those guys last year and it, it uh showed big time a lot of double teams on AJ Green um even though he, he 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 was healthy I mean even though he missed half of the season uh last year um and and uh, uh he needs to stay healthy health is a key uh, for this team to survive, quite naturally for most teams to survive, but um, their backups of, are lacking, so their key players need to be stay healthy and be on the field. Um, in the past, Andy Dalton uh, ranks in the bottom 10 for pass attempts, and the Bengals prefer to run the ball. That's that huge action type of offense. Uh, now it's uh, Ken Zambezi who's, who's following through, I think, with that. But he's always a solid backup. And in a pinch, if you waited long enough or waited too long, and the only recourse is Andy Dalton to be your starter, he's a low-end fantasy starter. He's at 17. What can I tell you? Uh, that's the lo- very low end. Very very low win, Let's move on to a guy that's looking for a big contract. Um, who is a solid backup? Who can be a starter? Who can be a starter because he puts up starter at, at times. Can put up starter numbers after a season. Um, Matthew Stafford He's number 16 On my list And he's a great backup Post-fallic yet unspectacular Stats each week His last three seasons Have all been around 4,300 passing yards And 25 touchdowns Even with the loss Of Calvin Johnson It had no Or little effect on his overall stats. Now he's in his third year with uh, offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter, and for the most part, there was really no no change of any of the skill players. Kenny Galladay, a wide receiver, was drafted in the third round, but that's about it for any changes for the receivers. So he still has Golden Tate, he still has Marvin Jones, and he got Kelly Ke- Kenny. Galladay. The schedule is perhaps slightly worse than last year, but even the iffy rushing games remain the same. And Stafford is a great backup, if nothing more. Now, in a pinch, you can. And, I, and I'm I'm pretty sure some he's at he's at uh, 16, so I'm pretty sure um, he's going to be a starter on some of this team, especially on the 14 team league, 12 team. Maybe not so, unless there's a the team or two that picks up a couple of quarterbacks before they get to the round where Stafford's available. But for the most part, um, I think that um, Matthew Stafford will be a solid 16. I mean, a solid 16 in my rankings, and a solid backup if nothing more. Now, the two other this next guy and Stafford are interchangeable, but I'm going to put him ahead of ahead of Stafford because he's got a better chance. He's got better wide receiver, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's going to have a better running game, and he's got a better defense. He's got all the makings that will make him a more successful quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be doing that, but he's got the pieces more than Matthew Stafford, in my opinion, to to warrant me putting him ahead of Matthew Stafford i still not sold on this guy. Um, he was a disappointment in 2016 when he fell from 4,400 yards and 35 touchdowns to only 3,900 yards and 23 touchdowns. That, that's a big drop-off. Now he, now he rushed more, and I think that was because of the offensive line um, more than anything else, and he ends up at around the eighth best in most leagues. But he was the number three scorer the previous season and still plagued by turnovers. Uh, in 2015, he threw 18 interceptions and lost five fumbles, while last year became 16 picks and six fumbles. Now, much of his success in 2015 came from a huge dose of trash yards because the defense was sucky, the defense was so bad. He had to throw a lot to try to try to come back from games and and scores at the end of games during a 5-11 season. That was in 2015. While his big year came during a very light schedule, 2016 presented one of the league's toughest. This season, the Jaguars are about to have one of the most advantageous schedules, and the only notable receiver loss was Julius Thomas, from uh, uh, who was with the Jacksonville Jaguars for two years, and that never worked out. They also added D.D. Westbrook to the wideout ranks while Allen Robinson and Marquise Lee and um, Allen Hearns. That's a very good um, trio, wide receivers. Now, they also added a Leonard Fournette in the rushing game and upgraded offensive line should also be allowed should not be a liability even though they lost Brandon Albert to retirement. Hopefully they have a a replacement. Maybe Brandon Albert sort of handwriting on the wall and realized that he may not be a starter and decided to retire. I'm not sure about that but Losing left tack, le- a left tackle is huge. Um, that's, that's, that's always a question mark on what's going to happen to Blake Bortles' blind side. He always has a turnover issue. Always been like that, um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not a big Bre- Blake Bortles fan, because he, he turns the football over a lot. Um, and high expectations for the Jaguars have been for the last two seasons, and, and this is the third season, and I I'm not I'm just not feeling it. I have to see it to believe it. Let's move on to number fourteen. Uh um being the eighth quarterback drafted and played like a vet. Yeah, he had a great offensive line and a dominating rushing BMB. He also completed sixty eight percent of his passes and threw for over thirty six hundred yards and twenty three touchdowns. And his number one receiver had a down year. No receiver had more than 833 yards, and yet four gained over 500 yards. I'm talking about Dax Prescott, who was able to spread the ball around and scored in all but two games. He rushed for six scores as well. So a dual-threat quarterback with a great offensive line and a great running game with a um, hungry, very hungry wide receiver Uh, with other wide receivers that can complement their number one. Now, does he have a sophomore slump after the year that he had, that no rookie really had ever had? Um, Or does his great work ethic and leadership in the off season carry him through his sophomore season? Now, Like I said, they have a great running game, so they'll run as much as they can. And the Cowboys were ranked number 30 in passes attempted, 481. Now, there's always a chance that he's going to get the ball more to um, Dez Bryant, as long as Dez Bryant can remain healthy. Uh, 300 passing yards three times last year. All right, so he's not a big 300-yard passer. But I think he, he would be a – he's number 14. He's number 14. So on a 14-team league, he's a starting quarterback. On a 12-team league, he's a backup. On a 10-team league, he's a backup in league. But on a 14-team league, he is a starting quarterback. Somebody's going to draft him to be a starting quarterback. Just like they're going to draft number 13. Happens to be another NFC East quarterback. Believe it or not, Eli Manning snuck into the top 10 for two seasons. The top 10 for the last two seasons. Now, he may even have a better year than he had last year because the schedule was one of the lightest last year and the team had added Sterling Shepard. But Manley only passed for 4,000 yards and 23 touchdowns and ended around number 20 in fantasy scoring. Now, expectations are high, and Eli tends to disappoint. And and when the expectations are lowered, he seems to surprise you. He's always had a problem with late-season slides, and playing in New York in December doesn't help. This year the situation has a lot of upside. Schedule's a bit tougher. I think they got the eighth to tenth toughest overall schedule. The team added Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard. Hopefully he comes back from his ankle injury. He had a full had, had a full year experience and can play better. Quite naturally you have Odell Beckham Jr. and he also have Eric Ingram as their tight end. And this could be a talent talented of a Quartet as any in the NFL. Now I'm not saying he's a reliable starter, but he makes a great backup. But if he if I give him 13, that means in a 14 team league he's a starter. Some people may move him back and forth. I have him at 13. And he had the chance of posting top ten stats again with those options he has in the receiving. And in that Ben McAdoo offense, who likes to throw the football, he likes to throw the football. Let's move on to number twelve. Twelve team league. This is definitely a starter in my opinion. Um, he could easily move up the chain from 12. He's got the weapons to do it. Even though we consider retirement this year, he's definitely going to be in there for at least this year. And he's always getting hurt. He's always getting nicked up. That's just the way Ben Roethlisberger does He's 35 years old. He plays behind one of the better offensive lines. That rank ranked number two in quarterback hits and sacks allowed. Um, he's probably middle of the road as in the passing schedule this year. And, and uh, whenever, if and whenever he comes back, Martavius Bryant returns as a number two wideout, which is an immediate upgrade over last year. Um, when Martavius Bryant was in the lineup, um, He was a big play waiting to happen. You got Antonio Brown on one side. You got Matavius Bryant on the other side. And Le'Veon Bell on the backfield. Oh, baby. Talking about Big Ben. Doesn't do much as a rusher. But he's very consistent with around 4,000 yards and upwards of 30 touchdowns. I'll say it again. 4,000 yards and upwards of 30 touchdowns when he plays all 16 games. Now, he's missed at least one game, and I said, but it's for. four. He's got to stay healthy. Quite naturally, anybody he's got to stay healthy. But, like I said, he's missed at least one game in the six of the last eight seasons, but having um, Antonio, oh, excuse me, uh, Martavius Bryant, and I said, with Antonio Brown, should mean that about half of his games, he's going to have over 300 yards. With uh, Todd Haley as his offensive coordinator, I can guarantee it that he's going to have over thirty three hundred yards over half his games and at least two touchdowns. Absolutely. He drafted somewhere after the first dozen, and okay. I, 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 can, I can go along with that. But I think he's starter worthy. I, I know he's starter worthy. Let me put it that way. I have him at 12. So if you have a 12-team league, he's the starter. 12-team league, he's a starter. Some people have him a backup. Not me. I love Ben Roethlisberger this year. I love Carson Palmer this year, um, even though I have Carson Palmer wa- rated down in the 20s. I love Ben Roethlisberger at number 12. <clears throat> Let's move on number number 11 <clears throat> with a uh, possibility, this guy moving up in the top five. Yeah, I said it guy moving up in the top five. I said it. Because he's a dual threat quarterback. Unfortunately, he fractured his leg and ankle last December. But he's had a full team snaps and OTAs and and expected to be, and he is, unrestricted in training camp. Mike Polarkey is in his second season, along with uh, Terry Rabisky. So there's no change in that. He's added Corey Davis. um, Derrick Henry is one more year removed from being a rookie. Mariota passed for 3,400 yards and 26 scores in 15 games last year. And 10 contained multiple scores. He also ran for 349 yards and added two more touchdowns to that. They get a better passing schedule this year. And Mariota, like I said, has upgraded receivers with the, and I forgot to mention Eric Decker, who is a definitely solid, very good wide receiver along with drafting Corey Davis. And Corey Davis is dealing with a hamstring right now, but he's got to stay healthy. Uh, he probably, you got Richard Matthews there also. And big things are expected from Corey Davis. My my thing on this, I have to wait and see on Corey Davis, but Marcus Mariota is not the type of quarterback to throw a lot of uh, to to produce a lot of turnovers, um, and uh, safe, very accurate with the football, and his offense quite naturally prefers excuse me prefers a run, but should see an improvement in the passing stats uh, with the set of receivers that he has now, and he and he's limited. I understand that somebody's going to have Marcus Mariota as a starting quarterback. In my opinion, in a 12-team league, 14-team league, he's a starting quarterback without a shadow of a doubt. His upside is he's got a higher ceiling than a, a lower floor. Let me put it that way. He's got to stay healthy, but he's got a higher ceiling than he does a lower floor. So I see him getting about 3,900 yards, 29 touchdowns, and around 10 interceptions, R- rushing for about 230 yards, somewhere around there, 240 yards, over 200 yards. Let me put it that way. That's, what, that's, that's how I see him. Let's move on to number 10. This guy puts up numbers um, and has been underrated year in and year out. He's posted top 10 fantasy numbers for the last four years, despite extensive injuries to his wide receivers. He'd come off a season with 4,300 yards passing and 33 touchdowns. He doesn't run the football. He's a strictly pocket quarterback, but he's thrown for at least 29 scores in each of his last four seasons. Quite naturally, he lost Danny Woodhead and Steve Johnson, but neither figured into last year anyway. What's the problem is that the Chargers have moved to L.A., which was a disaster for the Rams, and now the Chargers are going through it this year. Philip Rivers is 36 years old. Um, he wants to play um, for a few more years, and he's going, but he isn't going to be top five, but he's going to be a solid Solid option. The Chargers bring back all the notable players from last year and kept Ken Wizenhunt despite the co- coaching change, Anthony Lynn, for the continuity in the offense. I consider Phillip Rivers a starter. 12-team league, quite naturally, because I have him at 10. 10-team league, because I, I have him at 10. Uh, um, 14 team league quite naturally because I have him at 10. He's at 10. I think he's a starter. And all this may you know these these rankings can change. It can be fluctuating, but this is how I see it right now. This is how I see it. And and for the most part, I think I'm pretty spot on with these guys and where they're going to be. And quite naturally, uh, I think Phillips' ceiling is lower. And and and, and, uh, and and his floor is h- higher, if you, if you understand what I mean. He's consistent. He stays in, in in a certain lane, and you're going. That's what you're going to get from Philip Rivers. All right, let's move on to the next guy, uh, and and, and uh, uh, see uh, if if he's going to take a another. Uh, because for the second reason in a row, second season in a row, um, Derek Carr just fell short of 4,000 passing yards. But he dropped he dropped from 32 touchdowns to 28 last year and he missed one game. Now, they changed offensive coordinators and quarterback coach Todd Downing takes over with the intention of not changing much. So, they, even though Bill Musgrave was gone, um, they're still going to keep the same philosophy in offense. Now, I never understood that. Then why get rid of the coach, Um, the offensive coordinator, if you're going to keep the same offensive uh, philosophy? uh, I understand that the the next guy up is going to probably put his twist on the offense, but the basic premise of the offense, I guess, is going to stay the same uh, with the twist from the new O.C., Quite naturally, the more continuity you have, the better the quarterback will feel um, uh, about the whole situation. Um, Having a a good relationship with the um, offensive coordinator is key and being comfortable with the um, uh, um, whole scheme of the offense. Now, the added Cordell Patterson with the intention of making him a wide receiver um I I wouldn't count too much on that. They have Jared Cook at the new primary tight end. Um which if if in this if in this offense could be a huge lift for Derek Carr. Um but Carr had relied heavily on his two wide receivers, Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper. Now Amari Cooper has added some um muscle to his uh, body. Um and uh, look, the Raiders organization is looking for a move up because uh, uh, Mari Cooper uh, played well last year, but he, he there, is de- there is definitely room for improvement, um, and it has to be more consistent. No other wide receivers last year gained more than 397 yards. Crabtree has not lost anything at the age of 30, while Cooper is just 23 and still improving. Carr faces one of the worst passing schedules, but it's still a little better than last year for year. Excuse me. For Carr to get to pass four thousand, he has to expand outside of his starting wideouts. That means throwing a ball to Marshawn Lynch, uh and the other running backs throwing to his tight end, being more efficient uh, at passing the ball to um Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Uh, Be more of a balanced offense, I think that's what it's going to be. Uh, I have him at number nine. And uh, um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Former MVP. Went to the Super Bowl two seasons ago. Lost it. Tailed off dramatically last year. Cam Newton disappointed last year. He had only 19 passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns, almost half of what he had the previous year in 2015. Now he also played with a shoulder injury that required uh, surgery in the off season and going into training camp. The hope is that he'll be able to practice fully or at least be good to go for week one. now, it's not certain if he will be, but that means Newton is a risk, but he's got a huge upside if he's healthy. Now, the, the one of the other troubles is the offense intent to change, and Newton supposedly is on board with doing less and letting others step in more. That means uh, Newton, who ran the ball 100 times per season and racked up a lot of fantasy points, may not be doing that again. They added Christian McCafferty to add to the um, pass catching and also to running game because Johnson Stewart's Stewart getting old in the tooth. They used a second pick in Curtis Samuel, who can do both. Another playmaker, he's a wide receiver slash running back. Schedule from last year to this year Is lighter But I don't see Cam Newton repeating 2015 Now he wants to do less And has the tools to use There is Upside from that schedule But his shoulder and the changes in his scheme Are limiting So even though he has upside He also has risk Because you don't know From a Rotator cuff how he's going to respond to that. And the only way to find out is game action and not getting hit. And not getting hit means that you got to stop running, Cam. Got to stop running. Number seven on my list, people are going to say, what are you doing? I got Kirk Cousins, who for the last two years, was trying to get a contract that Washington wasn't going to give him, and now he's playing under his franchise tie for the second time and was the number five and number nine fantasy quarterback over the last two seasons. Now, it's obviously what kind of value he has to the Washington Redskins, but obviously the Washington Redskins' upper upper management doesn't feel that way. He threw for over 4,900 yards and 25 touchdowns last year, and he ran for four more. He ranked third in passing yardage in the league, and the difference is that the Redskins go from an average passing schedule strength to one of the worst. They've added Terrell Pryor but lost to Sean Jackson and Pierre Galson, who both of them had over 1,000 yards each, each, so they lost two 1,000-yard receivers. The thing about Cousins is that he throws elite yardage but only pedestrian touchdowns. Losing two major parts of the passing game is going to be harder to compensate with just one notable addition. Now, of course, their rookie last year, Josh Johnson, can make good on his first-round draft pick uh, um, last year. The Skins may be okay. Now, Cousins has a tougher schedule, and that matters along with the loss of two receivers, but he has everything to play for and enough talent on board with Jamison Crowder, at, also added in there with Jordan Reed, to still produce a similar stat line. Maybe not 4,900 yards, but around 4,600 yards and 26 touchdowns. That's what I see Kurt Cousins at. Let's move on to Russell Wilson. who has been no worse than a number 11 fantasy quarterback for the last five years. Russell Wilson has been in the league five years. Wow. He threw for a personal best 4,200 yards last year, but only 21 touchdowns. He ran for a career low 259 rushing yards with one score. Now he dealt with a sprained MCL and a high ankle sprain quite naturally limited his ability to run. But he's healthy now and it looks like he's going to return to his more productive form from 2014 and, uh, 2015. Now he faces a passing schedule that is worse than last year, but still above average, all the same starting wide receivers, along with the, uh, uh, uh offensive court, court offensive coordinator and, uh, Darrell Bevel, who, who is this is in his seventh season with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, these, this offense has been around for a while, they're they're experienced and they have Eddie Lacy along with uh, um Thomas Rawls and CJ Procise. Now, the offensive line that may be the worst in the NFL, excuse me, NB, NFL, last year they ranked just number 27 in sacks allowed and number 28 in quarterback hits. Now, there wasn't too much done to improve them. But a healthier Wilson could have a big difference in what happens with the offense and, and the passing game. And Russell Wilson, that's why I have him at number six. We got about three minutes left in the show. I'm finishing just this out. Hang with me, or if you catch me in the archives, I appreciate you coming back and listening to me. We got number five. He played in the Super Bowl. Um, Maybe he shouldn't have passed too much in the Super Bowl at near the end of the game, and they would be the Super Bowl champions, but that's neither here nor there. He comes off a career I'm talking about Matt Ryan. He passed for almost 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns. Um, That was the second year uh, 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 in Kyle Shanahan's system, but he's moved on. Now it's Steve Sarkeesian's takes over uh, with the intent of changing little. And what already worked well, not that sounds really like um, something else we talked about back there in, in um, Oakland. Meaning that the offensive coordinator is left, but new one uh, is going to keep the same philosophy. When they broke, don't fix it. Now, the passing schedule is a little bit softer this year, and all the skill players, Julio Jones and company, Taylor Gabriel, Muhammad Sanu and company um, are are there, along with the running backs and Tevin Coleman and Freeman. The changes in coaches is is a concern, but everything else looks the same or even better. So I expect Matt Ryan, maybe not to get to 5,000 yards or close to it, but to pass for over 4,500 yards or thereabouts, uh, and about 34, over 30 touchdowns. Let's move on to number three. Number four, I'm sorry, number four. Number four. And that would be, like I said, uh, about a minute left. We're going to be going into overtime, not that well into overtime, but we're going to go into overtime to get the rest of this done Like I said next week it's going to be The uh, wide receivers um, And we're going to uh, Do the same with the wide receivers Number three Is uh, the Super Bowl champion um, Despite Missing four games last year He had a decent year Now quite naturally Last year he was underdrafted Because the fact he's, he was suspended For the first four games I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think um, they're going to, even though he's 40 years old, people are going to draft Tom Brady pretty high for the simple reason that the weapons that he's added. Besides um, the guys in the backfield, Brandon Cooks, Dwayne Allen, um, guys that can make plays for for, for the uh, Patriots. He's going to be 40 years old. Um, and uh, he's the only quarterback that's trying to play all 16 games at at the age of 40. Brett Favre did it once. Only two other quarterbacks ever started more than eight games after turning 40. That was Warren Moon and Vinnie Testaverde, who were both 41. It's very rare air where Brady now lives, and he'll play for several more years. Um, Brady has has uh, uh, missed games in only one of his seventeen years. He's going to have Brandon Cooks. It's going to have Rob Gronkowski. Um, Back Which is going to be a very dangerous Passing game For any opponents To go up against The New England Patriots That's why I have Tom Brady Number three In my rankings Which leaves the, the, The top two Number two, that boy from New Orleans. Yes, I said from New Orleans, who year in, year out, throws for over 5,000 yards. He's been a top five fantasy quarterback for years and actually gets a much better schedule for 2013 than he did last year when he passed for 5,200 yards and 37 touchdowns, second best yardage in his career. Now, he loses Brandon Cooks. But Michael Thomas already led the team with 92 catches and over 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns in his rookie season. He's got plenty of talent on a roster, and Breed will make any receiver better anyway. Now, he's 38 years old, and he's bound to slow down sometime, but nothing says he's slowing down yet. And he's got Adrian Peterson along with Mark Ingram and a rookie, Alvin Kamara. So along with the threat of a running game, a dynamic running game, along with Sean Payton and Drew Brees' passing game, you can best believe Drew Brees is going to throw for over 5,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, could be more, 35 touchdowns, and be one of the top five quarterbacks. I got him at two. In fantasy, without a doubt. And number one, come on, Aaron Rodgers, A-Rod. A-Rod. Discount double check. A mature offense. He's been with the same coaches for five years. They got a lighter schedule than usual. No reason why Rodgers won't turn in another great season quite naturally, barring injuries to the receivers. Um, the same wideouts, plus they added Martellus Bennett and Lance and Kendricks to to upgrade the tight ends. And Rodgers is still in his prime. Now, I went one for 25. And I know some of you are saying, wait a minute. You left out a quarterback, and I, 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 I go over the list again. But I don't see him. And you're right. You don't see him. And for those who are wondering who I'm talking about, am talking about Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck has yet to start throwing. Andrew yet, Luck has yet to start anything. He's still out there. No one knows what's going on with Andrew Luck. I'm not putting him in my rankings because I have not seen any progress. Heard of any progress. That tells me that he is not ready for prime time yet. That tells me this is going into the second week in of training camp. Second week of training camp. These training camp weeks go past quickly. I don't see Andrew Luck playing the first game. I can't put Andrew Luck in my, in my rankings. I can't do it. I wish I could, but I've said, if you've listened to me but I said, there's two quarterbacks that I'm queasy about. One of them has started throwing. One of them is practicing and throwing and showing some progress. But the other one hasn't even done that. Cam Newton is, is 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 progressing. He's in training camp doing his thing. Andrew Luck is not. Is not. Until I have an Andrew Luck sighting, I have no Andrew Luck in my rankings. Another quarterback that I'm looking at that can be on the radar. Deshaun Kaiser. Now, it looks like Brock Osweiler and Cody Kessler are still in, in front of Deshaun Kaiser, but he's got upside. Hugh Jackson said he's been picking up the offense pretty well. 6'4, 233 pounds. And Hugh Jackson is, said he's been impressive in the offseason. That means to me that maybe he may not be starting the season, but depending on how the Cleveland Browns progress throughout the season, has a good good thing, to, good idea to find out what Deshaun Kaiser is going to be. May be not early, but late. Same with Deshaun Watson. Tom Savage is, is a risk. Huge risk He hasn't been able to keep healthy So I'd have to say That Deshaun Watson's got A good shot Of playing With the starters In For the Texans And he'll be a dual threat Dual threat And he can make all the throws All the throws And he's got Big game experience played in two national championships one and one against one of the best teams in college football that that pushes out multiple draft picks each year and that's to Alabama and he torched Alabama twice for over total over 800 yards And he fits Parcells' criteria. I think he's played for over 30 games or close to 30, 35 games. He hasn't graduated. He was a junior. That's the only criteria that Parcells um, has for uh, young quarterbacks, quarterback for potential. But he's played in big games. He played in the SEC. He's played in big games. Knows what the pressure is. Patrick Mahomes, depending on what happens to Alex Smith this year, if he stays healthy. If he doesn't, Patrick Mahomes can be a um, Wally Pip. For those who don't know Wally Pip, just look him up, and you know what I'm talking about. All right, people, that's it for me. I welcome – the uh, opportunity to um, come to you next week, same time, same channel, 10 a.m. Eastern standard time. Um, I'd like to say that next week, it's going to be wide receivers going to give give you out my wide receiver rankings, one to 25 and also give you some sleepers out there. Um, There is a, Getting interesting, you see I'll have more more input um because another week of um uh, training camp second week first week for most people um, first games for most people, so you have an idea who who's doing what it's getting closer, getting closer you get all you get all the information that you could possibly gather. And decipher through what's the muck and what's the actual real stuff that you need uh, to get it, get a an informed uh, base, and make informed decisions on your draft day. Like I say, all my drafts are on the later part of the month. I don't believe in drafting. Don't believe in drafting early. Too many, too many variables, um, and let the least amount of variables that you have, the better your it- decisions you can make when your draft comes up. With that being said, enjoy the rest of the week. Uh, tune in next week, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Will be the FSP Crew Show. I'll be the host. Jeff is the co-host. You heard him briefly if you were early part of the show, and, and uh, we'll be talking sports. And some, some preseason games that are, that are going to be played. Or also listen to our FSP show. Vic is going to start his IDPs, Individual Defensive Positions, for those who don't know what that is. Uh, that's fantasy. 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday afternoon. We spend about an hour, hour and a half, Vic and I, um, breaking down uh, IDPs next week. Uh, lineman, defensive lineman. That being said, enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll see you a week from today. See you.